party people! Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I'm your host as always, Jeff Stormer, recovering from a massive head cold. Happy New Year indeed! This week, I am joined by Michael Dunn O'Connor for a trip to Goblinville. Goblinville is, as the name suggests, a game about goblins. It's a game about their squabbles, their adventures, their misadventures, all the trouble they get into along the way as they try to get rich quick and or at least survive another day. It's a ton of fun. I had a great time playing it. I think you're going to have a great time listening to it. Uh, you can find more information about Goblinville in the show notes. And in order to conserve my voice, why don't we go ahead and throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am sitting down with Michael Dunn O'Connor. Michael, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Thanks so much for having me. So, real quick at the top of the show, why don't you take a moment to let the lovely listeners at home know about the game that we're playing this week, as well as anything else that you've got going on that you might want them to know about. Yeah, we're playing Goblinville. Goblinville is a tabletop RPG about broke goblins going into dangerous places in the world to get the things that they need to repair and maintain their ramshackle town. It's a very character-driven dungeon crawler. We're going to see some kind of collaborative character creation. We're going to do a small adventure uh, and it's a great way to get some like dungeon crawling play uh, in a pretty bite-sized package but with characters right up front um, i love it and we'll, yeah we'll get to see a lot of that in play uh just in a few we made goblinville as part of a zine uh that was kickstarter backed and so we've got three issues out now of different uh hacks and adventures and modules and we've got issue four dropping before the end of the year perfect love it that's exciting yeah, we're really excited. We've been we've been really chugging for almost a year now on it, which is pretty amazing. Oh, that's that's a good feeling is when like it's almost there, right? Like when it when you've been chugging and like you you see the finish line's a good feeling. Yeah. And and doing it somewhat incrementally, having quarterly zines for it has been really fun because we've gotten awesome feedback from like people playing it in the field. It's like we have a way larger playtest field than would be possible otherwise. Right. And so you get to like pivot and change and grow and make like a better thing when all is said and done, which is like the dream, really. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's go ahead and get into it. I think I'm pretty I'm pretty excited to, to be a broke, a broke little monster. I mean, I'm also Great. excited to play a goblin. I, sh- I guess I should specify. <laughs> right. Uh, well, if you jump to page three in the rules, uh, or uh, you'll get kind of intro, and then we'll jump right to character creation. Uh, we're going to make a goblin, and there are some steps where you kind of turn to the other players uh, and answer some questions, and since I'm the other player in this instance, uh, I'll be answering those for you. So Perfect. character creation starts on page 12 of the zine. All right. Um, and there's some things that you can choose. You'll use choose using D6 rolls or D20 rolls if you want to randomize them, or if one really jumps out at you, you should nab it. Oh, I gotta, I gotta roll randomly. You know, you know, I can't resist a random table. I feel like it's really, I've seen a lot of, I run it a lot at cons and, and really fun seeing different people, uh, get these kind of disparate elements think they wouldn't have chosen and find something to, to bring the thread together. Uh, it's very I, satisfying. I cannot turn away from a random table. It is something that listeners of party of one know well. It's something that our listeners of all my fantasy children know well. So let's get into it. I'm going to choose. I'm going to roll a d20 to choose my job. I rolled a 13, which is a woodcutter. So I have a hatchet. All right. So right on your character sheet, you've got a job spot to fill out. Uh, And then that hatchet can go in any of your inventory. And inventory is location-based. 
Uh, you kind of see that in a lot of computer RPGs, but it lets us be really concrete about like what the stakes are. If you drop your pack, we know exactly what's in your pack and what's not. Um, so you can put that hatchet really anywhere you want to in your inventory uh, and roll on your next table. I'm going to carry in that hatchet. There's no reason. I feel like I feel like if I have an axe, I'm carrying that axe. Got to have it at the ready. Yeah, of course. All right. What's my next table? My next table is my age. All right. D6. D6 go. A four. A long four. tooth. Long tooth. All right. So I've been at this for a little while. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Not your first like foray out into the wilds beyond Goblinville. Not my first walk in the woods. I like right. it. So I'm going to roll a d20 to roll for my garb. d20 for my garb. I rolled a 19. Which are heavy gloves. And you'll see you've got two hand slots. Uh, yep, there you go. Wearing your gloves on your hands. That's where, that's where gloves go. That's, what <laughs> I was, that's where I was taught. It's the traditional place. Usually, you know, I, I don't want I don't want to speak for everyone, but I know that's where I like to wear my gloves. So I'm going to roll for my boss and choose or roll or I have to name my boss and choose or roll whether they I'm going to roll a D6. Six. Oh, they got tossed in the brig. OK. Oh, great. Good I love that incident here. Uh, their name is Grizzik, G-R-Z-Z apostrophe K. Because I like that name because it has no vowels. Mm-hmm. That is great. Uh, I'm going to come up with one experience from my job that shaped me. I'm going to roll a D6 to determine the tone of that experience. I rolled a two. The tone of that experience is trial by fire. Okay, so this is a fairly recent experience. Um, what this is is... I have been uh, what I would describe as a loyal lackey for a very long time. Mm -hmm. I have no ambition. I am someone who is happy doing, would be happy doing nothing forever, right? Like, I'm, I have, I am a long-tooth woodcutter, so I have been cutting wood in the woods for a long time. And, like, in my mind, I was just going to do it until I dropped. It was just mm -hmm. pretty much, I pretty much had gotten there and I had no desire to get to that next level until Grizzik got thrown in the brig. So the experience that has shaped me is I have been thrown so far out of my debt. And like, mm. there's that first week of trying to manage this like lumber yard. I, I, I've kind of, you know, um, I think that I have sort of defaulted back into my daily routine. Just I've completely just been like, all right, this isn't working. And I've just commenced doing my job and I've just completely turned away from the from the the, ne the necessary job of like fixing this lumber lumberyard. And that's the experience that shaped me was like a week of people coming to me and being like, Hey, should we chop down those trees or those trees? And me going, um, duh, uh, I gotta go. I gotta chop a tree. I, I gotta <laughs> go. And they're like, no, you have to. Uh. Looking back, how do you now feel about Grizzik being thrown in the brig? Do you think there's like some feeling of relief or is it all panic that now you're so far out of your element? That comfort has been taken away. 
I, I resent that he did something to be thrown in the brig. I'm ang- I'm specifically like, well, he, he could have, he, I mean, he, he, there were a lot of people that were counting on him who didn't want to have to make decisions. And now we're all out there. So who is yeah. who's even to know anymore? How dare he? How dare he? Cool. That's phenomenal. Your next bit is that you're choosing two traits for yourself. One of these is going to be a physical trait. Uh, and the other is a personality trait. Physical trait uh, could be something like small, hairy, uh, or even some people bring that up to like presence, something that's not directly physical, but uh, has to do with your presence and aura. And then another that's a personality trait. And I feel like there, I hear seeds of this uh, goblin's personality already. Uh, my, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say my my personality trait is unambitious. Mm. And my, my physical trait is beefy. I, 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 I can personally take down a tree, but all I want to do is take down a tree. Like, I don't don't ask me for anything else. I don't I don't want to do it. It makes sense that all that uh, chopping down of wood would make you beefy over time. Yeah. You've like, yeah, yeah. Working out. Uh, you're and then the next bit is your name. My name is I'm going to go hack hack. No, no, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Chops. Chops just feels right. Chops. But I'm going to spell it with, with two Z's. (laughs) Distinctive. So now, so you gave me a bit of a story of your formative experience. Yeah. And at this point, if we had uh, other players in your party, other goblins, uh, they would be able to chime in here. Um, But since I'm the other player, I'm the one who's going to think about it. Uh, I need to come up with a title that reflects your role in the rest of the town. So okay. you're known to the other goblins in, in the town and you have kind of a reputation and it's based on the experience you've been through. Um, and I'm thinking um, something about your like persistence and perseverance. Like when other, I imagine when the boss left, other goblins just like walked off. They took the opportunity. Oh, I like, I do. I like out. that a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think, mo- uh, you know, a lot of the goblins, just immediately defaulted to like joining up with the first like raiding party that like was gonna go like root out a cave and stab a giant boar. Lot of lot of goblins ran off to the boar stabbing group, and I I was like, I got my job. I want to chop down a tree. I don't, I'm not interested. That's a fine life. If that's where you're going, that's fine. I want to chop down a tree, so I've been chopping down a tree. A lot of bills keep coming in. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really understand them. They're, they, they're very difficult to read invoices, but it's not. I just want to chop down the tree. I'm thinking maybe your title is something like Iron Roots. All right. Where others swayed and falter, you you held strong. Maybe even to the point of folly. I, imagine I like it. It's different. I like it a lot. Um, And then we're going to come up with... Uh, another goblin who's out in the wild with you do you think that there's someone who stayed with you <laughs> after your boss walked off after grizzik did whatever he did got thrown in the brig do you think there's someone else that stayed on site or do you think there's someone else you're close to like who do you think you to the extent that you have someone you relate to and open with uh, up to who do you think that is uh that would be the the um i'm trying to think about like another very another silly role in like a like i think that there's like a burner right there's somebody mm. whose job it is just to burn wood 
For what ends? Not entirely sure. But if if we're chopping wood, there needs to be somebody to burn wood. And so there's a there's a burner who as long as I'm chopping, they'll be burning, right? As long as there's wood to chop, there's wood to burn. So yeah. business is great. Business is great for them. Hmm. Maybe soot tooth. Thinking about a name Love. for your charcoal burner or your wood so, burner. Soot so, so tooth is very good. Cool. Uh, so you've got two traits. You've got your kind of uh, physical trait and your personality trait. The third trait that you get in Goblinville comes from what the other goblins you travel with think of you. Uh, it's kind of your uh, how they are held in yours, how you are held in their esteem. Uh, mm-hmm. And so Sit Tooth sees that you held fast through all of this. Um, are you like a are you a big talker or are you uh, like kind of like head down, axe at the shoulder, uh, stick into the, the woodsman job? So um, in thinking about the idea that I was like a second in command for ages and ages, it just I'm going to say that I am not a talker because it occurs to me that that's Hank Hill. And so I like I'm going to lean into that a little bit and say I am somewhat awkward and not a particular like talker. There are topics on which I will talk a lot. Most of them are chopping wood. But I'm, yeah. I'm a little bit of like a, all right. And if you if you try to like talk to me about like personal things, I just stand there and I'm like, gotta go. There's some pine trees over there that I could really take down. Yeah, I imagine Sutu thinks that's perfect. He, he's a bit chatty himself, and having one so no, uh, nobly stoic nearby is perfect. Uh, he doesn't want anyone interrupting his own stream of thought. So I think your esteem trait is going to be stoic. You can put that in. Yep. Your next bit is you're going to decide an outlook for your goblin. Uh, and right. this is kind of a big picture worldview. It might be uh, what draws them out into the life of adventuring to the extent that they do so, uh, or how they feel about their lot in life more generally. Uh, my outlook is it's a job and someone has to do it. Mm -hmm. My outlook is very much like, I just, I gotta do this. I gotta, you know, everybody's got their role. This is mine is walking out in these woods and chopping down this tree. And as far as I'm concerned, like life is good. You know, it's a job. Somebody's got to do it. Yeah. Totally. The next bit is your goal for this session. And so our current situation is this. Grizzik's in the brig. He's been mm-hmm. out of the shop for a while. Things are starting to come apart at the seams a bit. Uh, but he's got a lead. Uh, there is an iron mine not far outside of town. Uh, this old abandoned dwarven iron mine. And the iron in there is really high quality. If you take two bits of the raw ore and tap them together they kind of stick. Uh, and this property, for whatever reason, makes it very valuable. And so Grizzik gets the lead that if you can get a satchel full of this stuff and get it back, that would easily cover his bail and might even get you a little bit ahead to, to get the wood shop up and running again. Okay. So he asks you and Soot Tooth, take half a day, head up into the hills. The, you know, the wood shop will cover itself. But if you can get a pack full of this mine uh, and get back, you'll be all right. You make your way through. Mine, iron mine is smooth. Uh, you get a little tangled in the in the warrens on the way there. 
but we're going to start you off on your character sheet. You can fill up your satchel with this iron ore. All right. A unique starting situation for this adventure. I got a whole bunch of iron ore. All right. And then you're most of the day done this day of work. You know, it's hard work. You're good at it, but it's not exactly what you're used to. And right, right. as you're wrapping up the day, you hear this boom, this low, loud explosion toward back toward the entrance of this cavern, back through these winding paths. And you smell a little bit of smoke on the air and a little gust of wind comes and gives a flicker to your torch. Doesn't quite sputter out. You're in this mine. Day has already grown long. And there's something else in here. So now you got to write a goal. All right. My goal, my goal is to get out and enjoy a half day off. Because mm. it's going to take, because he said it would take about half a day. Mm-hmm. Which means if I can get out of here, if I can get out quick, I'm going to add, I'm going to add on here, get out alive, get out quick, get out alive. Because if I can get out quick and get out alive, then I got a whole half a day to not be at work. Yeah, I imagine that's a rare opportunity for you. That's a rare, you know, gonna get home. I gotta, there's a tree in my yard that I really want to chop. It's gonna be great. Great. So you got a few more steps, a few more things you can be adding to your inventory. All right. And we're getting back to roll and choose here. Or roll or choose. All right, where are we at? Which step are we on? We are on step 14, choose or roll for a weapon. Got it. All right, I'm rolling. You know I'm rolling. I got a one. A one, which is a club. That makes sense. I sort of just picked up a... I mean, what what do I do? I chop. And I'm going to stash that on on my belt. Right? I can do that? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Hang it from a piece of rope or like just yeah. tuck it inside. Either one works. Yeah. Tucking that club in my belt. Then uh, you've got some, next up. You've got some adventuring gear. Uh, torches and rations are a bit smaller than other things. So you could put two in a slot. So you've got torches, two, rations, two. And you can got it. check that both your grog skin quaffs are full. You've got a full grog skin. All right. And I'm going to put those rations in my pockets. Mm-hmm. Wise. You know, you know, pocket snacks. Can't go wrong. And you get to choose or roll for one more thing. All right. Let's roll for my one more thing. That's a... Is that a two? What did last roll? Three. Great. A three is uh, useful herbs. All right. Put those in my pocket. You never know. Yeah, certainly. So here we are. You're in the far end of a long winding cavern, packed full of iron ore. Uh, there's still that smoky smell in the air, which is otherwise damp and dense. What are you going to do? I'm going to, uh, if there's smoke in the air, I'm going to get down low to that and try to, you know, move along with the smoke, right? Try to move low enough that I'm not breathing in the smoke, but close enough to the smoke that 
it's probably that it might obscure where I am and make it hard to see me. So I'm gonna, I guess I'm gonna try and hide amongst the smoke as I move through the as I move through the rest of the mine. As I move through the mine towards the entrance. Cool. As you're creeping along the floor, it's like sandy with like little bits of iron, scraps of iron that were left behind from other expeditions. You can see the smoke is really pooling in the ceiling above you, but there's two different passageways you can view. It's the smoke is billowing in from an entrance right in front of you that's held up by wooden beams and there's two uh, abandoned minecart tracks set into the ground in this path. And what you can now see more clearly because the smoke doesn't quite reach it is there's another path to your right that leads down uh, and the water, the ground there is more damp and more clay-like. But you can see it leads into a path that you've never traveled in these mines. Um, Hmm. Well, where there's smoke, there's fire. And where there's fire, you get burned. And, you know, I like Soot Tooth a lot, but I don't really feel like... I don't feel like fire is my thing. That's more Soot Tooth's thing. So I'm going to move away from the fire. You slip toward this passageway, and you can see that the where the walls of your the previous room were carved out uh, like it had been used as a mine, there's more of a natural feel to the walls here. Uh, rounded cavern, and ahead of you, uh, stalagmites uh, hang down uh, and come to sharp points, and your torchlight's dancing off the corners of them. And the ground below you is more and more damp, uh, leading down a hill to what looks like an opening into a larger chamber. So, so Tooth is hanging close behind you and says, watch your step there, young one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch my step. Watch my step. If I was worried about my step, I'd have worn shoes. <laughs> you see, you know, big uh, you know, sharp tooth smile from So Tooth at that one. And I'm, I, I'm I'm wading deeper and deeper and holding my torch higher and higher to make sure that, like, if water starts coming in, that the torch is okay. Because mm. I don't want to be in here in the dark. And I, I think I turn back to Soot Tooth and I'm like, what did you make of that smoke back there? Anything? I mean, uh, what, what, are, what, are you, what are you thinking? You're the fire guy. Mm, yeah, yeah. That, that was natural. That was, a, that was a bomb. Yep. Nope. Don't want to mess with that. Uh, you know, not the typical goblin bomb. Could be a really good goblin bomb. Could be a could be another sort of bomb. Hard to tell. Yeah, I'd have to look at it. Yeah, I don't. I I disagree with your assessment of a good bomb. I don't. <laughs> I don't really know what qualifies something as a good bomb. But I have to take your word for it. I mean, I'm. Yeah, you seem pretty okay following me down here, so I'm assuming whatever it is is not worth checking out. And I'm going to pause and, like, wait. And, like, wait for their response. Satooth is so far out of his element that he is letting you totally take the lead. He, he's like, All oh, right. I don't know. You know, uh, could be could be friendly faces, but I don't know that many friendly faces. <laughs> I don't know that many friendly faces with bombs is really the really my assessment of the situation. Stroking his chin, thinking about that one, like trying to remember if he knows anyone. Nope. All right. Um, one of the scalactites like shifts suddenly above you, uh, and you see it drop 
quickly uh, headed on a rapid path right toward your pack. Ah! I'm gonna like uh, sort of sort of high knee it, I guess is the only way to describe it. As I sort of just run and maybe try to like try to high step out of the out of the way of this stalactite as quick as I can. Cool. Uh, you might dodge out of the way of this stalactite, uh, and it might uh, scratch your pack. So when you take a risky action in Goblinville, uh, you can roll to resolve it. Uh, okay. And when I've heard your action, uh, that will represent that'll you'll get one die from that, and then I tell you what the danger here is. Uh, the danger here is that you might damage your pack. So I'm going to give you two dice. Okay. And you've got your roller open, I think. Yep. And then you That's... can modify this rule with traits and titles. So once per session, if you think you have a trait or title, uh, once per session for each of them, if you have, think you have a trait or title that prepared you for this moment, uh, or give, give you some expertise or insight into the problem you're facing, you can check it off and add another die increases your chance of, of succeeding and decreases your chance of having to make a tough choice. Hmm. I don't think any of my traits are helping me here. Yeah. Hey. Beefy. Beefy might. No, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to stick with two dice. Cool. So you're going to roll those so two. All right. Snake eyes. All right. So then you assign one of them to the action and one to the danger. All right. And as you can see, an action on a one to two fails and the danger on a one to three happens. So that means both you don't get away from this thing uh, and your pack is damaged. Yep. Uh, so your iron ore is going to you can uncheck your satchel on your character sheet. All right. And the iron ore is just scattered on the ground all around you. And this uh... Scalactite is somehow clinging to your backpack not only has did it cut into it uh but it's like writhing slightly closer to you and as you look at the top of it it's shaped like a cone but it's hollow inside uh and it's got these thin squid-like tentacles that are like reaching and searching trying to find you at the end of your pack ah, i'm just gonna take the hatchet and go yeah i won't give me my give me my bag back and i'm just gonna start you know doing what i do and chop chop chopping all right, you might be able to chop this thing clean in half. You might break your hatchet. All right. And I'm going to say tra uh, Beefy's going to help. I can help me here. Yeah. I feel pretty confident that this is, I mean, this is what I do, right? This is, this is what I'm made for. Oh, yeah. If, if there's one thing you can do, it's swing a hatchet for sure. So that's a two, a four, and a five. So I'm going to assign one of those to the danger and one of those to my action. Now, where do I see what the results are for these rolls are? What page is that on? The action resolution is right on the die screen, on our resolution screen. Oh. Uh, yes. To the right of the marching order. Yeah. Got it. Yes. I'm going to put my five onto action. And a four onto danger, so it does not happen. All right, this thing splits and hisses, and your um, hatchet holds strong. So tooth says, "Huh? You ever seen something like that before?" 
<sighs> caves. That's why I don't go in caves. <laughs> uh, you keep walking down uh, this hill, and the ground is getting more and more damp. Uh, and this opening at the bottom of this tunnel, the air smells humid and almost like sitting water. Uh, you like hear like a quiet hush, like the water's moving somewhere, but you smell kind of a stagnant, wet scent uh, that pervades the air here. Hey, Satooth, is that you? <laughs> you like lifts one arm, lifts another arm. I don't think so. <sighs> should probably look around. There's probably something. You like catch a glimpse via your torchlight that there's a pool of very still water right in the center of this chamber. Um, there's a wet clay, a narrow ledge of wet clay around the edge of the room that leads to another kind of natural cave opening at the far side. Uh, but all through the middle of this room, there's very still circular pool of water. Uh, and there's a foot sticking up out of it, a skeletal foot with foot, which what looks like a pretty nice boot on the end. Yeah, free boot. What do you think, Satooth free boot? Uh, he looks down at his bare feet. He's like, huh, I don't know. I'm kind of used to the barefoot thing. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not bad. It's not bad. You tried toenail clippers? <laughs> I don't know if they'd work. Maybe your hatchet would do it, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It might be yeah. a contest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There are good things about toenail clippers. So I figure... All right, I'm going to try for this boot. <sighs> and I'm going to fall. I think before I walk over to the water, I'm going to, like, stop, look at the skeleton. I'm going to take some of the rations out of my out of my pocket. Mm. And I'm going to toss them into the water. See what happens. That's a brilliant idea. You see the ripples come out from the spots where the rations hit the surface. Uh, and you see a smooth sliding just under the water, like uh, maybe the way that a, a, a damp log might look. Uh, but one like jumps up and eats a ration hole and disappears. And the th creature you saw was totally smooth, like uh, like a pitch black salamander, but the size of a the size of a huge dog, uh, almost as big as you. You see that? You see? You see that? It was a. Uh... It was smooth like a salamander with the size of a big dog. Big dog. It's pretty pretty cool. It's kind of cute. That's your tooth. I thought he was kind of cute. <laughs> it's neat. Got all right, I'm going to... Big round eyes. All right, I'm still going to... still going to try and get this boot, though. All right. Um, and I'm, I'm going to take... I'm going to take my club off my belt. And I'm going to try and, like, hold the very, very tip of it. I'm going to put my hatchet in my belt. Hold the very, very tip of it. And try to like jimmy it. Try to like get underneath it and kind of like pancake flip it towards me. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you might grab the boot. You might lose your balance and fall in the water. All right. I am going to say none of my traits will help me here. Well, I might argue unambitious is helping me here. Because like... In my eyes, 
this is all I really want. I, I, it's not, I'm not looking for much, right? Mm-hmm. Like, in my, like, this is, this is, this is, this is in my eyes, low hanging fruit. And this is in my eyes, you know, uh, it is in fact just a, a one boot. So if you would accept that, I think I would like to add unambitious to that. I think that's phenomenal. And I think that that matches what we've seen with Chops so far. Like, he's not a big dreamer, but when he sets his mind to something, he's he's for darn yeah. sure going to do it. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a one, two, and a two. Whoa. Wow. Not great. Guess I'm going in that water. Yeah. So you, the, you had a great strategy, and you were so close, but the clay here is just too wet. And, like... The bit yeah. that you were standing on just sinks in slowly, uh, and you are soaked head to toe. Uh, and one of these little salamanders like pops up and starts to like, like starts to scream. They don't rush at you. Uh, they like don't rush to attack you, but they're crying out for something. And I think I'm just gonna like plop down and like put my butt in the mud and dig my my feet into the mud. And like, just kind of sit there and watch them. Mm-hmm. That that far entrance of the cave, uh, the far entrance of this chamber that you're in, uh, you see this like you hear a sploosh, and a little wave of water washes in uh, and fills this pool such that the water laps briefly against the round walls of the cave and then recedes. And behind that wave, you see the force that was pushing it, which is a salamander easily three times the size of the ones. Uh, in this room already, the size of a uh, of a VW bus, um, and it's this one's not totally smooth. You see these little like crystalline structures, the same color and texture of that iron ore you've got in your in well, at least in Tooth's pack now. Uh, these little crystals like sticking out of its gills and forming like uh, sharp crystalline eyebrows over its round salamander eyes, and it like splashes in the water. And is like sniffing the air intensely with its moist nostrils. Sootooth is like trying to get as deep in the mud next to you. He like looks like a frog, just like covered up to his chin in clay. And he says, Yeah, we should probably run. Gives a silent nod. Fairly urgent, uh, nervous nod. Alright. Alright. And I kind of like try to dig myself out of the mud. Which way are you fleeing here? Uh, I'm going to flee back into the cave. I'm going to flee. I'm not going to try and run past this thing. Cool. Uh, so you might get out of this cave. Okay. Without the salamander catching you. The danger here is that you're exhausted having to flee up, like just like getting caught almost up to your knees in this thick mud uh, as this enormous salamander pursues you. I'm going to add iron roots to this. Because mm. you know what? When I Like you said, when I set my mind to something, well, that thing gets done. So I'm going to add iron roots to this. So that's going to give me three dice. One, two, three. All right. I'm going to take the three, so either I fail in my action, well, either I fail in my action and the danger happens, or I progress in my action and the danger happens. So I'm going to progress in my action and have the danger happen. 
Yeah. I love that we're getting these challenging rules. You're having to make tough choices. Yeah. Something something good happening is better than nothing good happening. So I'm gonna I'm gonna run. Uh, so on your character sheet, you can mark exhausted, which means you right. can't use titles until you've rested and cleared that. Um, and the the progress is that you're able to make it halfway up that kind of steep sloped pathway, uh, and the salamander is hot on your tail. The babies stay back in that pool that they're resting in, but the large salamander with the crystalline gills is still like pursuing you as hard as it can up the walls. And it's like almost filling this passageway. The water is like sloshing up to either side of it and it's, you know, digging in deep uh, to, to keep on your tail. I'm going to throw some rations the other way and see if I can't distract it for a second. Yeah, um, that's phenomenal. And so you toss them and then run or. Yeah, I'm going to toss them and run. Cool. I'm going to call that a good idea. It like sees the rations soaring through the air. seems like an easier meal than you, meal than you are. Uh, you can mark those rations off and you're back at that right. starting chamber. The salamanders leaving you alone. All is quiet and still. The smoke is clearing in here a little bit. And you can see that initial the chamber that you, you know, even barely may, remember making your way through to get to the iron ore vein uh, is just this labyrinth of dwarven mine carts and mining tunnels. Uh, and the dwarves lived in their mines. And so there's kind of like the de- mine carts disappear around blind corners and go up into dwarven houses and then back out. Uh, it's just a, just a labyrinth of maze uh, mine carts out here. Uh, I sit tooth. Hmm? I guess we got to go on these mine carts. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds pretty good. All and it right. points to one that looks a little less rusty than the others. And I grab my club and I hold it again on that, that tippy tip. And I start like pushing it kind of like I'm rowing. Oh, yeah, that's phenomenal. Uh, there is a random minecart table here. So I'm going to see which direction this minecart takes you. That is a six. Oh, wow. That's awesome. You So this minecart... Oh, that is a five. Also awesome. You... Um, head up the cart at first it takes a long time to start getting momentum up because it's going uphill but then as soon as it's tilting downhill it goes faster and faster and faster and you can see the entrance of the mine ahead of you and when you came in a few hours ago this entrance was totally open but you can see now that it's halfway collapsed and the mine cart you're in is headed for that rubble at an increasingly precarious speed uh so Tooth just like braces his arms and legs against either side of the minecart and looks to you in a panic. Uh, remember we were talking about bombs earlier? Uh-huh. And I'm going to like reach into my pocket. Could you make these explode? And I'm going to hold some some useful herbs in front of in front of Sit Tooth. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, he might be he might be able to. Uh, when things are uh, kind of not not obvious, not certain, but also outside of the player action, the GM just rolls a die of fate. Uh, four to five is going to be okay. Six is going to be great. One to three is going to be bad. So I'm going to roll here for All right. a die of fate for Sit Tooth's bomb making. <laughs> as soon as he lights them. We're not, we're not doing great today. <laughs> we really are. 
the because uh, that was a one uh-huh <laughs> for, for the for the listeners that uh the herbs he does make something that is um ignites quite quickly but it is just like billowing with a blinding smoke uh and you look like a, a steam engine uh just billowing plumes of smoke out of the still very fast rapidly moving minecart all right so <laughs> not a bomb maker here's <laughs> i thought i might be so what what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna take my club and i'm gonna get to the front of the cart with all my beefy body so that cart's you know going downhill i'm gonna try and get it to like tip just a little bit mm -hmm. and i'm gonna slam my club down on the thing and try to make us do a cool flip all right if nothing else it's gonna look cool yeah you might be able to come to a controlled stop the danger here is that your club is gonna snap Mm -hmm. And you are risking harm. So you get a third die for that, but it's another thing you have to, another table you have to resolve on. All right. And I don't think stoic fits here. And I've used my other traits. So I'm going to stick with three dice. You can. Oh, yeah. go for it. Oh. Well, actually, you know what? I did okay. Mm hmm. I'm going to. I'm going to put the six into harm. Say I'm totally fine. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take this four and say the danger doesn't happen. And I'm going to take this three and say that we've progressed towards our goal. Wow. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, so your club holds fast and you do that like quick skid to a stop. Um, but you're not able to bring yourself to a stop before you're like brought right out into the open uh, of the mines. These like kind of dwarven homes set hard into the stone walls have fallen behind you and you just stop just shy of that pile of rubble at the doorway. Um, but you see now there is torchlight burning on either side of you. Uh, something else is here in the mines and they are you are open and exposed. Hmm. Must have been them that sets them bombs. Yeah, must have been. Must have been. All right. Well, uh, you going to help me flip this mine cart so we can hide or not? Oh, yeah. He, like, gives a big stretch and then stretches back down and touches his toes. I'm ready. All right. And we're going to flip this mine cart and hide underneath it. All right. Uh, you might be able to uh, stay unseen by these pursuers. The danger here is that you might panic. It's been a long day. Mm -hmm. uh, so Tooth certainly isn't setting an, an example of, of calm and tranquility for you. Mm-hmm. Now, now, you were saying something before I rolled those dice last time. Oh, yes, I was. So there is another... If you are in a tough situation, you want to be able to get extra dice, but you don't have your traits and titles left you can introduce a twist uh, and that's a another way the situation could go wrong. Uh, and, but it, and it needs to be resolved, but you get an extra die and twists, especially when you've got a bigger party are a great way for people to be involved in each other's roles. Mm. Like, Oh, 
you're taking this action and I'm excited about that, but I would be, I would put myself in risk of injury to help you out with that. Or I could see Got if it. I was the GM, I could see it going wrong this way. Uh, and so if you come up well, with a I... way to raise the stakes, uh, then you get an extra die and you resolve that twist. So I could, I would be panicked, but also we would be trapped. Like there's also the possible, the, the, the danger that we would be trapped and that like, if we flip it, we, we would go unnoticed, but like, there's also just the chance of actually not even trapped. There's also just the chance that a minecart falls on us and that like we, we, we hurt ourselves trying to flip this minecart. I mean, there's a real chance that this is a particularly terrible idea and we just get injured. Yeah, I think that's a great twist. All right. One, five and six. All right. So something goes horribly wrong. So I'm going to take the six and say we don't get hurt because on a sick on a harm result, a six is totally fine. I'm going to take this five. I'm going to take this five and say uh, the action is achieved. But I'm also going to take this one and say that the danger that we panic mm -hmm. has happened. But now we're underneath an upside down minecart sitting in what is essentially a box <laughs> utterly panicked just we can't see anything because it is a steel minecart that is flipped on top of us and we just hear noises and are sitting quietly what does it look like when chops panics because he's a pretty stoic and persistent goblin doesn't seem like this happens to him easily uh, so how does that manifest? Like, what is what is uh, Soot Tooth see in this moment? Uh, Chops just gets like. Chops gets real grumbly and real like could have been chopping a tree right now. <laughs> Don't know why. Could have just could could have said no. Could have said no. Don't know why I didn't say no. Could have been chopping a tree right now. I could be home right now. There's a real nice cherry wood tree right in my yard. <laughs> I'm going to make a table. You know what? I'm not just going to make a table. I'm going to make a bench. I'm going to make a real nice bench, and I'm going to sit in that bench, and I'm not going to think about work. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to sit in that bench. I'm not going to think about work. I'm not going to think about nothing. I'm going to sit in my bench, my nice cherry wood bench that I could have been chopping right now, but no, I'm here in a mine. I'm going to get murdered by torch monsters who the hell knows and i'm just gonna i'm not even gonna get to chop down the tree in my yard oh you know what um the hacks is gonna come hacks is gonna come right in my yard he's gonna chop down my tree it's my tree in my yard he's gonna chop down my tree in my yard oh he's get that little <laughs> that little bass that little bastard's gonna make a barrel. He's gonna make a barrel out of my cherry, which this is a, this is an outrage. The whole time this is happening, Soot Tooth, who's used to your stoicism, is getting like more and more wide-eyed and nervous, and is totally silent. Um, and as soon as the, you have a pause in your increasing worry, you hear voices echoing off the outside of this minecart. Uh, it's a dwarf shouting some kind of gruff orders uh, at someone else. You know, set the next one. Underneath the house over there. We're checking all the walls. There's a passage in here somewhere. Uh, so to shut up. Well, it wasn't me. Yeah, well, no, it was, but it was you. No, no, Dorf. Uh, but it was you. I wish it was me. You're the talker. All You're right. the big talker these days. 
<laughs> oh, big talker now, huh? <laughs> so uh, I've been staying, yeah, been wasn't. staying quiet. I don't want to die in here. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah the first time in your life you stay quiet. <laughs> That kind of cheers him up a little bit, actually. <laughs> I guess so. Good, I guess so. All right. Well, let's see if we can't maybe scoot this minecart towards the entrance. Mm, like a like a turtle. <laughs> like a turtle. Just like a turtle. All right. He he squats and he's like taking the back half of this minecart. His hands are against the ceiling. He's ready to push on your cue. All right. And we're going to go now. All right. You might be able to turtle your way past these dwarves. Right. Danger here is that you, there's something else watching for you here, uh, and it might spot you. Okay. Let's roll these dice and see what happens. That's a three and a five. Uh, We're not spotted. We'll say that, and we'll say we get closer. We'll say we progress towards our towards what we want. Cool. You get like right up to the edge of the cavern, but here the stones are just too steep for you to slip over underneath this cart. Um, it's like dark enough in here that they haven't seen you move around. And as you were moving, you heard more and more dwarven footsteps. But they're not really watching the entrance. They're kind of pacing back and forth, checking the walls inside. Um, and so you haven't caught anyone's attention, but it's also pretty much impossible for you to slip over this pile of rubble with the arrangement you have. Uh, but you can see the daylight, and you can you know, see the like that little sliver of blue sky over these stones. You are close. All right, here's what we're going to do, sit tooth. Mm-hmm. You know how we were pushing this we were pushing this mine cart like a turtle? Uh-huh. We're gonna push it back that way. We're gonna push it back. Like we're gonna push it backwards, like we're flipping a turtle onto its back. Uh-huh. Which which side note, don't do that. Don't be mean <laughs> to a turtle. Would never do that. Is this, All t- right. this is a test? Yeah, this was a test and you passed. Thank you. We're gonna, we're gonna push it. It's gonna fall. It's gonna fall back on its wheels. It's going to make a big old noise. Everybody's going to be be shocked. And then we're going to run over these rocks and we're going to run out of this cave. All right. Yeah, you might be able to cause a big enough distraction to catch all the dwarves' attention. All right. You might be exhausted. You have been hauling this stuff all over. The, oh, you already are exhausted. That's fine. Anyway, I said it. Uh, so if you would get a condition and you get it again, it just goes up to a higher level condition. So the danger right. here is that you market a condition. All right. And then uh, I'm going to add the twist here because you said there was something else watching that mm-hmm. I don't know about. There's, It's real possible that that thing gets, that gets, our, gets our full attention again. Yeah, I love it. Oh, thank goodness. I rolled really well. This is the first time I've rolled really, <laughs> really well this entire, this entire game. I got two fives and a three. So I'm going to say... Uh, we're not spotted by the thing. No, I'm going to say uh, we're not sick. I'm going to say we get over the hump. We get over the hump like we cause the distraction, right? Mm-hmm. We, get, we cause the distraction, which gives us a chance to run. But whatever that other thing was, just because I really want to know what it was, 
has got our full attention. So you like the distraction, you know, the huge like bang, bang, bang of that minecart bouncing mm-hmm. its way down those rocks gets all the dwarves like you see torches converge on it. You're able to slip past the other side of the rubble and you're like home free. You're down the trail, clear on the <sighs> way to Goblinville. But you see over the edge of a ridge, this kobold mercenary uh, with a wide scar on her face and a satchel heavy with bombs is like spotting, staring at you over the ridge. And she disappears in some brush. Wherever you're <laughs> headed, she's following you. Uh, hey, so tooth. Huh? Uh, we got uh, we got company. What kind of company? Looks around. Uh, whoever whoever was making those bombs, she's uh following us. Oh, never want a bomb maker on your trail. No, no, that's what it's because of the. So here's what we're gonna do. Mm-hmm. Here's what we're gonna do. Uh-huh. We're gonna, uh, you know what doesn't, you know what doesn't what what doesn't get along with bombs? Uh, mm, uh, me. I mean, yeah, that's probably right. That's not what. Well, give, give it another shot. Uh, mm, uh, rocks. The uh, uh, the rocks and bombs don't seem to have. It. I mean, I guess there's a way of thinking. I was uh, I was thinking of fire. Oh, I'm just yeah, gonna cut to the head. Yep. Yeah. Did you get I it? See, I see Did the angle it? you're going for there. Yeah. Uh, that right, was my third I, guess. I figured. No, I. I. And you know what? I, I should have let you have the third guess. I should have given you that moment. That's on me. <laughs> um, my bad. Let's start a little brush fire over towards where where we think that she last was. See if we can't get her distracted. Get those bombs going off. Yeah. You might drive this kobold off with a bomb with a brush fire. Uh, the danger here is that this fire is going to burn out of control. You're close to home, okay. and this is going to be not a crisis, but a but a problem you have to deal with. Uh, I'm also going to say there's a problem that those bombs might go off. Oh, that's a great twist. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. I got I got actually good results. Um, I got a six, six, and a three. All right, great. We uh, definitely, uh, definitely distract her with a brush fire. That works. Which means either the forest catches fire and we have to deal with it, or the bombs go off. Or at least the, the timers on the bombs get lit and suddenly we have a bunch of lit. That's the thing that happens. That's the thing that, that's... That's the big that's the big closing complication that I want to end on. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's end on the scene of uh Chops and Sooth just like sprinting down the hill with these metal bomb cases lit fuses rolling behind them. And I think like there's a there's a cobalt mercenary running behind us. She's chasing us. We're running. There are lit bombs rolling in every direction. Just carrying my hatchet over my head. And, you know, the last thing that we see is the bombs start to go off. We all jump up. Explosion in the background. Freeze frame. Credits roll. Goblinville. (laughs) Perfect. Um, So at the end of every (laughs) session of Goblinville, there's an end of session procedure. Um, All right. And this is kind of a mix of reflection and advancement. The first thing that you do is you tell us what, uh, if you think 
any of your traits are no longer relevant to you. So you can review your trait. If there's one you not don't like or you think your character has grown out of, you just remove it. All right. Um, I don't think I'm stoic anymore. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm stoic anymore. I think I've learned to open up to to my buddy Sit Tooth. Mm-hmm. I think I'm disagreeable. Yeah, I think dis- disagreeable. The other one I could see happening would be something having to do with, like, you were very willing to improvise. Like, yeah. you, like, found solutions that found in the moment. I think since this is your the esteem trait you're, you're, uh, you're replacing, I think this takeaway for Sit Tooth is something, oh, yeah, that's perfect. Clever, like clever, yeah. right? Clever is perfect. Um, and then the next thing is you say, what was your most important or formative experience? Uh, and based on that experience, the other players are going to give you a second title. So when you return to town after this adventure, you've got a new reputation. People know you and have heard about this exploit. Uh, so you tell us the formative experience, and I'll tell you the title that you've earned based on that experience. Uh, the formative experience for us, for, 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 for Chops today, was very much, let's see. Hmm, there's a lot of good moments, a lot of good experiences. <laughs> I'm going to say the formative experience today was very simply uh, really going deeper in the mind, right? Was making that choice, was 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 choosing to, uh, no, you know what it was? It wasn't that. It was outsmarting, it was outsmarting my, outsmarting my pursuers, right? It was outsmarting that mercenary, it was outsmarting those dwarfs, it was outsmarting those that would try to capture me. They wanted to get me. And they didn't get me. And you know what? I got home and chopped down that cherry wood tree. Oh, yeah. What about the uncatchable? Ooh, I love that. That's perfect. So we've got chops, iron roots, the uncatchable. Quite a reputation. Good get, good reputation. Cool. And that, uh, so if we had, you know, a party of players, we would give new traits and titles for them. Uh, and those, of course, can help you on roles in the future. Uh, as you go forth on further adventures and you could turn some of that iron ore into getting your boss out of the brig and buying some new stuff in town. Uh, and then you head back out to the wilds. All right. Then that's Gat's game. Yeah. That was so much fun. Yeah. I had a lot of fun, Jeff. Thank you. That was a, that was a blast. Thank you so much for coming on the show and playing it with me. Yeah. It was a delight really. Uh, so real quick before we wrap up, where can people find you, your work in Goblinville online? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at, at Dunn underscore O'Connor, or you can find our website, narrativedynamicspress.com, uh, and we have an itch.io page at itch.io narrative dynamics. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was an absolute delight, and now I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that they can wrap up with the show. Take it, future me. Thanks, past me, and thanks again to Michael for coming on the show. That game was a delight. Be sure to check out the show notes for more information about Goblinville, and be sure to follow Michael on Twitter at Dunn underscore O'Connor. Then, while you're on Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod, then like the show on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast, and joining our Discord community at bit.ly slash Party of One Discord. If you enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a nice iTunes review or a Podchaser review, Podbean. Wherever you listen to podcasts, there's probably a review function of some kind. You should leave us a nice review, and then you should send it to me on Twitter. You should at Party of One Pod so I can see it. It'll make my day better. I'll share it with people. It'll make their better day better. It'll make everyone's lives a little bit better. And isn't that what you want?
You can also support us financially at patreon.com slash jeffstormer, which supports all of the podcasts I produce, games I create, all that good stuff. You can also go to coffee.com slash jeffstormer or paypal.me slash jeffjstormer because jeffstormer was taken. Another thing you can do to support the show is to listen to the other podcast that I produce every week called All My Fantasy Children. All My Fantasy Children is a tabletop-inspired, world-building, storytelling, and character creation podcast powered by you. Every week, my best friend Aaron Catano says, and I take a listener-submitted prompt. We spin it into an original fantasy character, and we populate a shared universe one story at a time. New episodes drop every Friday-ish at allmyfantasychildren.com. Party of One is produced and edited, as always, by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Megaran, featuring the D&D Sluggers. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates, press coverage, or about coming on to the show as a guest, you can email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And I think that's it for me. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody.